On this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Anthony the Ant-Man Feli, host of the Beat the Clock podcast. We dissect comments made by the Los Angeles Lakers president, Jeannie Buss. And with the playoffs among us, we ask questions about several superstars, including Chris Paul, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and James Harden. But there's absolutely no excuse for what he did in game six. He scored 11 points. 11 points in a do-or-die game in an Eastern Conference that is open enough for them to have a chance to get to the finals because there is no team in the Western Conference that any team in the Eastern Conference should be afraid of, right? And he shows up to that game and scores 11 points. You have Mike Struess, Gabe Vincent, undrafted players outplaying him on his team's home floor when he requested. This dude went to the Bucks, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets GM and said, I want to go play with Joel Embiid in the 76ers. Got his wish. He quit on the Brooklyn Nets. Stop playing for them. Gets traded to the 76ers and does this. He shoots two shots. Two. Two shots in the second half. Two. And his team loses, and he looks like he could care less. You're tuned into the New Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the new Channel Sports Podcast. My name is O.N.E., the one and only. We have a damn good show in store for you today. We also have a special guest in the house, which I will get to later on. But if this is your first time listening to this podcast, please do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also subscribe on our website. That's newchannelsports.net. New channel spelled N-U-Channelsports.net. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Afro Vibes Television. Download the Roku app so you can see our wonderful faces there. Like I said, my name is O.N.E., the one and only. I am joined by one of the hardest working co-hosts in all of America. He is the phenomenal one. Chris, how are we doing, sir? Hey, what's good, man? Let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. And we have a special guest in the building. We have a special guest. Anthony Antman Fanelli. Is that how you pronounce the last name? I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was that was way wrong. It's Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, but look, look, you owed me that one because I think I botched yours. I think I botched your name too. So, <laughs> so well, give, give me the correct pronunciation of your last name, sir. It is Felly. I am Anthony the Ant Man Felly. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. Been listening to you guys. Think you guys are putting out great stuff, and just really been looking forward to this. So I'm. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Man, we are amped to have you on the New Channel Sports Podcast. Uh, the Beat the Clock Podcast is actually a fantastic podcast. I encourage everyone listening to go and check it out. Um, Ant-Man over here has been doing his damn thing. We're going to get right into the show. Ant-Man, tell everybody where they can um, 
catch you at like social media website and stuff like that all right uh thank you again for that you can catch me on the website www.beattheclocksportstalk.com my twitter and ig handles are btc underscore sports talk and on facebook it's btc.sportstalk good stuff good stuff let me go ahead and uh give us a, a short bio of yourself anthony if you don't mind um let me just uh spit out some stuff here you currently live in baton rouge louisiana you love all sports you consider yourself to be um somewhat of an athlete uh you love golf it's an addiction to you uh, wh- what is it about golf that you love so much why is that i i find that everybody that plays golf just loves it so much and they, they say the same thing is kind of like an addiction yeah so my thing with golf is is the uh the mental kind of the mental strength or the ability to overcome your, your own mistakes. You know, I, the, th- the thing about golf is, is you could, you could be having a really bad time and you will hit one good shot or drop one putt. And all of a sudden you just can't wait to get back. And it's, it's this constant drive to better your yourself every time you go out there. And so that's why I kind of fell in love with that game. Absolutely. That's something I want to get into later on in my life as well as get me um, some golf clubs and, and hit a couple uh, on, on a course or something like that. So you played high school uh, football uh, after soldier surgery. You tried out twice for the New Orleans uh, Voodoo Arena team. Uh, are they still in New Orleans? Is that still a team out there? Uh, no. Once once uh, Arena kind of took a hit, that team dissolved. Right. I think the Dallas team dissolved as well. Yeah, I think the the whole league itself dissolved. I think Houston had a team too for a short while. I got you. I got you. All right. So you love all sports. Your favorite athletes are Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Muhammad Ali, Arturo Gotti. That's that's a pretty interesting one. What is it about Arturo Gotti that you love so much? Well, I'm Italian, so that first and foremost, uh, you know. So I got got kind of those ties. Um, Just kind of he personified like warrior right to me you know growing up and so again i'm really big on the kind of the rocky you know it's not how hard you get hit but it's how many times you get up or you keep moving forward that's that's what arturo kind of meant for meant to me watching him fight gotcha gotcha yes arturo Gotti was yeah. definitely a warrior in the ring another of your favorite athletes would be tiger woods tony hawk candace parker lisa leslie uh, Deion Sanders, to name a few. Your favorite teams, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Atlanta Braves, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and then the Anaheim Ducks, right? Yes, that's correct. How, how did how did all those teams come to play? Well, I'm a bit of a homer when it comes to the Ducks because, uh, you know, I grew up in, in, you know, Southern California, the L.A. area, and uh, everybody w- kind of was a Kings fan, you know, when it came to hockey. Then the movie came out, and of course, everybody flocked to the movie, and the NHL brought this team and named it after the movie. And I was like, well, hell, I got to be a team of, I got to be a fan of that team because everybody likes the Kings. And that's kind of how it, kind of how it happened. Same thing with the Braves. The Braves, you know, growing up in LA, the Braves used to be in the same division as the the Dodgers. And uh, I got tired of everybody watching the Dodgers. And so I was watching. Braves Dodgers all the time on the TV and was like, oh, I, I like Ron Gann. I like David Justice. I like uh, Maddox and Smoltz, and I'm going to be a Braves fan, and that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so you're also a musician. 
you play guitar and the drums, you play gigs for as many as uh, 2,500 people, I mean, 2,500 crowds, and you travel all over the world, uh, in Africa, Indonesia. Okay. So I see you, you got a little bit of travel history in you, uh, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I love the travel, love to be in other cultures. Um, it, that, the, just the whole learning. I'm, I just try to be a sponge to the world, and I just try to learn as much as I can. And there's no better way to do that than to put yourself out there and immerse yourself in other cultures. You gotcha. can really learn a lot about yourself as well as other other people. That's facts. I, I can definitely agree with that. Okay, so that's a little bit of a bio here from the Ant Man, host of the Beat the Clock podcast. This is what we're going to do for you, um, Anthony, real quick. And we do this with all our guests. We play a little game called Truth or Dare. New Channel Sports Podcast presents Truth or Dare. Now, nothing to be afraid of, man. All right. This is is a very simple game. I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you, do you want truth or dare? And then I'm going to say, is it true that such and such is the greatest player of all time? You say true. And then you can say, no, he's not. And explain why. Or I could dare you to say something and you were like, no, I'm not going to say that. I would rather eat a bowl of a poop or something like that. So uh, we're going to kick it <laughs> off. Uh, Chris, you, you want to give him the first truth today? You want me to go with that? You got it. It's all you. All right. So what you, what you want, Anthony? You want truth or dare? Uh, let's hit truth first. Let's go. Are you going to go with truth? Okay. All right. Is it true that yeah, LeBron James is the greatest Laker of all time? That is absolutely unequivocally, without a doubt, false. Thank you. And 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 it's a very simple argument. It the, the argument is very simple. He hasn't been there long enough. Right. Okay. He will he will be in Lakers lore forever. I can't deny that. He's got a chip. But to say he's the greatest Laker ever, A, is way premature. And B, well, if this was a dare and you were to try to force me to say that, then I'd probably I, I don't know. Jump out of a plane, you know. <laughs> like that's that's how false that is. Oh no, that was a test, sir. I just want to make sure that you weren't going to say something crazy. So that was just a test. I want to make sure <laughs> that your head was on straight on the new channel sports podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to give me some credibility here, right? Try, right, try- <laughs> absolutely. I'm trying to help you out, brother. Right. What you got for him, Chris? Yeah, I, I'll give you a dare based on um, based on your Braves. Yeah, we'll see his Braves history in a second. I dare you to say that the 2021 World Series champion Atlanta Braves is better than the 1996 World Champion World Series Braves. Man, I don't know if I can say. I don't know if I could say that. <laughs> I, I I think it's incredible how the fashion that they did it. Um, because I lost a lot of hair during the baseball season last year, but uh, I can't say that, man. I, I, I'd, I'd lose that dare. I'd lose that dare. <laughs> and that that was a test to see how long you've been rocking with them. Clearly, oh, you've been yeah. rocking with them for some time. Um, I already mentioned chicks dig the long ball. That Braves team easily should have won. They should have won a lot. I want to say yeah. two or three. Two or three, at least, World Series. But they only got one, and um, this scrappy bunch got it in 2021, knocking out my Houston Astros, which still hurts. But uh, I'm also a fan of the Braves franchise because the Braves were on Turner Broadcast Sports for for years. It's kind of like the Notre Dame thing, right? 
if you turn on the TV, the Braves are always on. You turn on the TV on Saturdays, Notre Dame is always on. So everybody, either you love them or you hate them, and I never really minded them until they knocked my Astros <laughs> out of the World Series. Deser- so. Deservingly so. <laughs> All right, so that was Truth or Dare. We got our guest uh, accommodated. Thank you. That was fun. I appreciate that. <laughs> nah, no problem, man. We just wanted to test you out there for a little <laughs> bit, see see what you're about, Anthony. Um, but let's get right into the show. We are going to talk some Lakers here. Not too long ago, Jeannie Buss had an interview with uh, Bill Pulowski on the Los Angeles Times, and she had a couple of things to say about the Los Angeles Lakers and the season that they had. She called it, in some words, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, extremely disappointing, hugely disappointing, as she was really frustrated with the season. Um, She also said that she wanted LeBron James, who has – currently one more year on his contract to have pieces to win a championship. This is probably the the quote that stood out to most to me in her interview. She said, I'm growing impatient just because we had the fourth highest payroll in the league. When you spend that kind of money on the luxury tax, you expect to go deep into the playoffs. So yeah, it was gut-wrenching for me to go out on a limb like that and not get the results that we were looking for. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. What are you guys' opinion or takes on that and what Jeannie Buss had to say in that interview? I can start there. Um, so her conversation with Bill, Bill Plaschke, uh, she was saying a whole bunch of nothing, contradicting herself left and right. There was nothing about what she said if I were a Laker fan, which I am not. Uh, but I am a LeBron fan, so I was listening and I was interested. There's nothing that she said that was interesting to me. Obviously, you have to spend money, Jeannie. And I don't mean to talk down to her because she's clearly smart, but you've got to spend money when you have LeBron James. So when you have LeBron James, it likely means that you're paying the luxury tax. Nobody wants to hear about rich people complaining about spending money. Nobody does. I don't care who you are. Nobody stands up and says, you know, I want to start my morning off hearing how rich people feel like they spend too much money. I I don't care. All right. If you have to spend too much money because you're the Lakers, boo hoo. Now to the actual team. It's a team that you constructed with your people. She keeps saying that she wants to hire and put people in positions that she can trust. Well, she has Phil Jackson involved. Phil Jackson hasn't been involved in an, with an NBA team since, you guessed it, the New York Knickerbockers. The New York freaking <laughs> Knickerbockers, who haven't done anything since they lost the finals to a Texas team in San Antonio. And guess what? Another Texas team in Houston. All right? So I don't want to hear about Phil Jackson. I don't want to hear about Jeannie Buss's problems. If I were LeBron James, I'd be looking around calling my agent, Rich Paul, said, do we? Dude, we got to get out of here because <laughs> it sounds like the Lakers have an internal problem. And for all of the people that said LeBron is the one that built the team, I think listening to her speak, it's obvious that LeBron didn't build this. She built this along with her trusted people, Bill Jackson, Kurt and Linda Rambis, and um, the super agent who doesn't appear to be a great GM. And this is the mess that the Lakers have created, and it's an absolute mess. Okay, so great points that Chris made. And I don't disagree much with any of that let's look at some of the things that genie did well when she kicked a uh, little baby bus little baby gym bus out of the <laughs> out of the office all right <clears throat> so because that those teams were atrocious okay this lakers team doesn't have those kind of problems and i just want to point out that some of the problems that this laker team has now or has had over the past couple years is 
still a result of some of the decisions that that management team was making. So uh, Jeannie should be sick. Her gut should be cringed. And she uh, made a comment that she should be the one or she is going to be the one to fix this. And it should be her to fix this. But the one thing that stood out to me that she said that I'm still waiting to see is I am willing to make the tough decisions. I don't think that that's been true and hopefully she'll change that. So let's take a look at some of the things that she's done. Well, she hired magic as president of ops. Okay. Which resulted in LeBron James making the decision to go there in free agency. So that's a win. Are we yeah, going to give her credit for that? Look, Please tell me we're not. No, Ant Man, don't come to the podcast and give we, her credit no, for BS, no, Burbo. We're we going to give her credit for the magic move, but we're not going to give her credit for the LBJ move. But without magic, I don't think LBJ goes to the Lakers. Okay. First and foremost, she hires oh, Rob Polinka as GM. Okay. Which isn't a terrible move, but it was more out of what her heart wanted than what her basketball mind wanted. Uh, then some of the bad things. That followed that, she fought Magic about firing Luke Walton. She sided with Palinka over Magic during the power struggle that they were having. Or it seems that way. You know, I guess that, that would be an argument to be made, but that's what it seems like. Uh, she allowed Rob to put the team as it was constructed this year together. She allowed that trade for Westbrook to go through, which I think anybody in this universe, I just saw Multiverse of Madness, and I don't think there's any universe within that madness that would have made that trade. But in this universe, that trade was made, and she allowed that to happen. Uh, then she let Frank Vogel take the fall for that, right? And last but not least, just on the point that Chris made, she continues to allow Kurt and Linda Rambis to be involved in critical basketball decisions. So she should be all those things that she said. Yes, she played it off like a politician. Yes, a lot of it was nonsense and and just word service or lip service. But the things that stood out to me are the things that I hope or will be holding her to as a Laker fan moving forward into next year because this team needs a lot more. Uh, The only other thing I have for Chris is if LeBron's talking to uh, Rich Paul about a trade, then I'm all for it because because I think if LeBron wants – a championship and he's all about championships, then he wouldn't be trying to be one of the highest paid players in the, in the league or certainly not on that roster right now. He would take the discount. He would make the money in Hollywood and all the other ventures that he has going on. And he would allow that team an opportunity to put more than just veteran minimums and uh, mid-level exception players around him. So that's well, me and you are always going to disagree there. <laughs> I think if you're an athlete, you shouldn't. No, I'm just serious. As, as an athlete, you should never take a discount. I'm not giving, I'm not going to be a millionaire athlete giving billionaire. Tom Brady did discounts. it. Tom Brady I did it, and he's got, he's got well, se- seven. Yeah, Tom rings. Brady, Tom Brady did it. Everyone keeps saying Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Tom Brady did it because his wife made more than him. Ah. People never bring that up. He married not just Ma- a supermodel, he married the supermodel of supermodels. But not to get too far off track, I really wanted to touch on and Sorry for jumping on you. I really want to touch on what you said about her 
hiring magic. Essentially, what she's done is she's hired everyone who's familiar to her and who she understands. And that's a problem. I, I think the Lakers have a problem there because she's not hiring the best people. She's hiring the people she's most comfortable speaking with. And that becomes a problem because when the best person is available and you're not even reaching out to them because you don't potentially have a contact with them, that's a problem. And I think the Lakers have a problem when it comes to Jeannie. She needs to really step up and hire people and more importantly, fire people who are at fault. You talked about uh, Vogel being the fall guy. I didn't think Vogel was a good coach this year. He didn't get the best out of LeBron, AD, or Russell Westbrook. So I believe he was deservedly fired. But at the same time, Rob Palenka built a team around the Lakers that was absolutely horrible. And he seems to be skating by with basically wasting a year of LeBron. And even though AD was hurt, a year of LeBron and AD in their quote-unquote prime, even though LeBron is certainly over the hill when it comes to his prime, but he's still playing really great and wasting a year. So it comes down to accountability, and quite frankly, based on the the article that we read, I don't think she's going to hold any of these guys to accountability until it's far, far too late, and the Lakers stink again for another five, six, seven years, which as a non-Laker fan, I have Oh, that hurts. That hurts, Chris. (laughs) Are y'all done? Can I can I talk now? Can I can I say something now? Are y'all done? I mean, I thought this is. Yep. I thought I was part of this show, but God, you're so <laughs> sensitive, bro. If y'all can see, if y'all can see him right now, he's just in his feelings. He's about to take his headphones off, bro. You're so sensitive, man. Go ahead. Hey, bro, I really yours. cannot disagree with most of what y'all said. I think that Jeannie Bus just needs to. She has too many voices in her ear right now, and she really is looking for guidance. Mm. I don't really think that she can do what is necessary to make the Los Angeles Lakers a championship team. What she needs to do is cut some people off, have one, maybe two people in her ear, giving her advice on what to do, and then just move on from there and may the chips fall as they may. It's really just that simple. That's all she needs to to do to try to get this team back to being in championship contention. And I think that that person that she had, which you guys mentioned, was Magic. I think that if she would have followed some of the guidance and leadership that Magic was trying to give her early on, they might not be in the mess they are in today. I think that she needs to go ahead and be like, you know what, Magic? I trust what you have to say to me. Let me go ahead and follow in your footsteps. I'm going to ultimately make the decision for myself, but you're going to be the only person I really listen to because I think that's the way it has to be. If she does anything else or tries to talk to any more of the people, she's just going to make this mess worse than what it already is. So I do understand what she's saying as far as her disappointment and everything like that. That just comes with the territory. Things like that are going to happen. I understand she feels that way because they pay a lot of money and they have LeBron James. Right now, LeBron James has been there, what, three years? They missed the playoffs two of those three years, and they've only won one championship. So I think that she's thinking that they should have had more in this venture with LeBron James. But it is what it is. She needs to go ahead and cut some tides and just have one person in her ear. No, I agree with you with her having less people in her ear, basically having less cooks in the right. kitchen, right? Uh, I don't think that person was Magic, though, because from all accounts, Magic was the president slash GM. And from all the accounts we've seen from journalists, he just basically wasn't coming into work. He got LeBron in, and his mind was like, well, I did my job. Y'all figure it the rest out. So I don't think Magic is the right guy either. I just think she needs somebody who she 
I mean, you can have familiarity with them, but the, who's not essentially associated with the Lakers for 20, 30 years. You just need somebody to come in and basically make smarter decisions. I don't think Palinka's that guy. Obviously, it's not Curtin Linda Rambis. I think me and the Ant-Man would agree with that 100%. And uh, it just it needs to be somebody to come in with who, with sense, right, who can build that team. And I don't see it happening. So if I'm LeBron, I'm, I'm a Rich Paul saying, get me out of here, bro. Send me to send me to the Sixers. Ooh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> send me to, let me go play with Embiid. Please don't say that. All right. Well, speaking of the Sixers, let's dive into another topic. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers have been eliminated from the playoffs. They do fall to the Miami Heat four games to two. It just seems like James Harden was not able to get his flow. They were looking towards James Harden for some guidance in this series since Joel Embiid was missing in the first two games. He really only gave you one good appearance, and that was in, I believe, game four. But the question I want to ask, and I'm just going to ask a couple of questions throughout the course of this podcast, and they're all going to be NBA NBA playoffs related. But the first question I want to ask you, will Joel Embiid and James Harden win an NBA title together? Um, I'll take that first before I even answer the question, because it's obvious. Um, the Travis, are you, are you going to ask a question specifically about Harden's performance? I'm not. So go ahead and rip into him if you want to. Okay, good. So let me go ahead and go into that. Um, Harden, and this is coming from a Harden defender, and I will defend Harden because he's going to get trashed and deservedly so. Um, throughout Harden's career, anytime his chance, his team has a chance to do something special, his co-star always gets hurt, right? It just always happens. Dwight Howard got hurt in Western Conference Finals. His back was out. He was done. Um, Chris Paul, game six, hamstring. Um, prior to the end of the Toronto series, Embiid breaks his face, right? So there is that, that type of, well, his co-star isn't available. But there's absolutely no excuse for what he did in game six. He scored 11 points, 11 points in a do-or-die game in an Eastern Conference that is open enough for them to have a chance to get to the finals because there is no team in the Western Conference that any team in the Eastern Conference should be afraid of, right? And he shows up to that game and scores 11 points. You have Mike Struess, Gabe Vincent, undrafted players outplaying him on his team's home floor when he requested this dude went to the Bucks, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets GM and said, I want to go play with Joel Embiid and the 76ers. Got his wish, quit on the Brooklyn Nets, stopped playing for them, gets traded to the 76ers, and does this. He shoots two shots. Two. Two shots in the second half. Two. And his team loses, and he looks like he could care less. He looks like he could honestly couldn't be bothered. It's like, why did y'all even have me on the floor? So if you're the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden, his representation comes to you this season at the end of the season and says, can we get a max contract? If I'm Daryl Moore, I say, James, now, you know, I love you, bro, but I'm not paying you a max deal. If I'm the 76ers, you may even think about walking away. And early on an earlier podcast, I remember O.N.U. saying, watch out. The Nets won this trade. It's not even watch out no more. You were right, bro. They won the trade. It's over because James Harden, what he just did. I don't I've never seen a guy when your team is down just every single time in the playoffs it just checks out it's like i can't be bothered it's not my fault we're losing it's like he just can't be bothered so to answer your question will they win a championship the answer is no hell no. there's no way 
And if I'm Joel Embiid and they come to me, I'm being serious. If I'm Joel Embiid and they come to me and say, hey, should we should we sign Harden? I say, bro, don't even worry about it. Let's not even sign him. Like, I'm not interested. I don't want to play with him. Um, he's yelling at Maxi when Maxi's playing hard. He he can't be bothered. Uh, I, I just, I, 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 that was very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. And quite frankly, I'm going to say this, and, and, and I love James Harden. Sometimes I don't know how he looks himself in the mirror. I'm going to be honest with you. Because after this game, if I only scored shot two shots, it may have even been one that he shot in the second half. It was one or two shots. If I scored 11 points and my team was eliminated, I'd have a hard time looking myself in the mirror basketball-wise and be like, what am I made of? That was embarrassing. He should be embarrassed, and he absolutely does not deserve a big payday in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're here talking oh, about Chris, payday. You took the words right out of my mouth, man. Because that's what James Harden cares about. James Harden cares about whether or not he's going to get paid or not. And I, that's 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 the last thing you should be worried about right now. I can't, you know, we don't agree on a lot of things on this podcast, Chris. But as far as everything you just said, I cannot disagree with anything you just said right now. I really can't. This is not what the Philadelphia 76ers envisioned when they decided to bring James Harden on. They wanted a sidekick. They wanted They wanted a Robin to the Batman. They didn't get Robin, okay? They did not get Robin. They didn't get Nightwing. They did not get Alfred. They didn't even get Alfred. They didn't get a butler. They got a little kid. They got Bat-Kid. That's what they got. A kid dressed up in a Batman costume telling Batman I can help him out. And he does diddly squat. I mean, it's this is one of the more <sighs> embarrassing performances that I've seen. He made what Kevin Durant did in that net series seem spectacular based on what he did in this series. I mean, it was it was pretty bad to me. And I do I do want to throw out there that maybe he's out of shape still or something's going on. Because this is not the James Harden I knew in Houston. It's not even the James Harden I knew in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, when Kyrie went down, James Harden stepped up. He was able to score at an elite level in, in some in some parts. So I don't know what this was. I really don't. And you're shaking your head over there, man. What, what's going on, man? What, what you got on your mind? So I, I just want to echo the hell no. <laughs> <laughs> because because this is this is who James Harden is. You you referenced a couple things about Houston, but he did exactly what Chris described in Houston as well. Now we can make excuses. We can we can blame the other injuries to the others. But I was told a long time ago that James Harden was a superstar, okay? That he was going to lead a team. That's why he's leaving OKC. He's going to lead a team to a championship. And he has yet to do that. I'm still waiting. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever live long enough to see it happen. But the other thing I want to mention that Chris brought up was he said that he's never seen a guy. But that's exactly what... James Harden is. He is a guy. He's not going to be spectacular when you need him most. He's not going to, I mean, you got guys like uh, Doncic and you got guys like Tatum, Brown. I mean, these, these guys are climbing the ranks and leaving Harden in their, in their tracks. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's incredible how, much this cat has fallen off the off the rails since Houston. Because I, I have to say, in Houston, at least he was in shape. We haven't seen an in-shape Harden in like five years. So 
I'm beginning to wonder, though, is this a Daryl Morey issue, right? Because Daryl Morey put those Houston teams together, and Daryl Morey once again took a chance on James Harden. So should Daryl Morey be on the hot seat in Philadelphia? I mean, that's 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 kind of where I'm at with this right now. Yo, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Daryl Morey has to be livid right now. Because I'm sure he went to the Sixers owners. I'm sure he went to Joel Embiid. And he said, guys, I promise you, James isn't who you think he is. I had him in Houston. He's wonderful. He's great. And Joel said, all right. The owner said, okay. Now, you're right. Now, uh, Maury's in a position where the owners say, um, so you made me give up first-round picks, well, which really don't matter as much when you have Joel Embiid. So that's not the problem. But we gave away assets for a guy who may not be here and a guy who we're not even sure we want to pay. So Daryl Morey, everybody's talking about Doc Rivers being on the hot seat. Daryl Morey's absolutely should be on the hot seat. He probably won't be because you look at guys like Maxi who are really coming along and some of these guys developed under him. But at the same time, you you got to ask yourself a question if you're Darren Moore. Do I even want to entertain paying James Harden? And, and oh, you asked something earlier. James Harden is is war, only worried about money. I don't know if he is because if he were worried about money, he would have shot more shots. I could say that, right? I don't I, I don't I don't know what that was. I have no explanation for what that was. If I was to play word association with what James Harden just did. I would say I'm confused. It was I think he was confused. I, I don't maybe he didn't know that the game started when it started. Maybe he thought tip off was a couple hours later. I don't know. Maybe he's not used to the time zone. Maybe it's something in the air in Philadelphia that ain't quite vibing right with him. Maybe he's going to Geno's and packs too much and getting too many cheesesteaks. Maybe he likes your cheesesteaks. Everybody says he's at the club. Maybe he's in line for cheesesteaks and his legs are tired. I don't know what's he going want, on with him. He wants to conserve his energy. That's what it was. He, there's a strip club he wanted to go to afterwards. And he wanted to make sure he saved all his energy wow. for, for the went ladies there. club. He went there, Chris. <laughs> so that, that's what it was. There, that's that's, that, that's the only thing I could think of, bro. I'm not going to dive away from that. But you know what? So look, I, I, just real quick. J- just real quick. So I, I, have, I have Joel winning at least one ring, but I think Harden ends his career ringless. That, that's my take on James Harden. Yes. So we're all in the same boat. I don't think they're going to win a championship together. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens for the rest of these guys' careers. And I'm talking about James Harden, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. This is a quick question. Give me a short answer. Do any of those gentlemen win a championship, another championship for some of them before they retire? Does yes or no? Yes. Um, James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Uh, I'll go reluctantly. I'll say there's at least two rings in there. So you think is you you think they're both for LeBron or you got LeBron and KD? Well, (laughs) I think I think the odds are more likely LeBron and KD. Okay, no problem. We don't got to dive into it too much. This this is I just think it's going to be interesting to see. Good, where good their question. careers go from now. Yeah, good question. Yeah, okay. So question number two, we're still sticking with the second round of the playoffs. What does an NBA title do for Chris Paul's legacy? I think that Chris Paul has been um, one of the best point guards in the NBA. He's been one of the best point guards for the course of his career. 
He has, uh, in my eyes, great leadership ability. Not everybody will agree with his leadership tactics, but he's always able to come into a team and give them a chance to win. And he's done that throughout the course of his career. And I think that if he were able to win a title, that would do a great deal for his legacy because he doesn't want to be labeled as a Charles Barkley or a Patrick Ewing or, you know, one of those players that was a great superstar, but they weren't able to get that title. I think that if Chris Paul were somehow able to lead this uh, Phoenix Suns team to a championship, that that would do wonders for his career. What are you guys' take on what it would do for Chris Paul and his legacy if he were able to win an NBA title? Yeah, so I'll just say this. I think this is his best chance. I think the Suns team is is built for him to to achieve that. Definitely, the ring solidifies his legacy. I think that 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 validates the conversation of him being the point god, one of the greatest point guards to ever play in this league. He needs that ring, I think, to stay viable because again, there there's there's such a such a good argument to be made for all the historical point guards as well as the point guards who are coming, right? I like Chris Paul. I I, I differ in opinion on the way he plays the game sometimes, but I, I think without a doubt his leadership qualities are something that we won't see again probably for, I don't know, maybe another five, ten years in the NBA. He, he definitely has a thing about him. He carries himself or has carried himself uh, very professionally on and off the court uh, with the minor hiccups. But I think he needs this ring to solidify legacy, his legacy and and to make that conversation valid. I, I don't think we can continue to have a conversation of him being one of the top point guards to ever play if he doesn't win at least one. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna dis. Oh, I'm not. I, I definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with you both here. I don't think his, him winning a legacy, um, winning a ring, really changes much of his legacy. And you talked about, Ant talked about, there may not be another Chris Paul for five to ten years. I don't think we're gonna see another Chris Paul, maybe ever. And the reason why I say that is, is the way the game is played now. It's guard heavy, and a lot of these guards growing up, they're looking to score first rather than facilitate. What Chris Paul is able to do that most people don't quite recognize is he. He could score. He could have averaged some seasons close to 30 points, but he always knew that that wasn't the the recipe for his teams to win. And he always showed you in the playoffs, and the Rockets fans will know this, prior to his injury versus the Warriors, when he needed to get you 30, he could. If he needed to shoot and match Steph Curry three for three, he was doing it, and he was capable of doing it. So the reason why I say it doesn't affect his legacy that much is you've got to go through the list of point guards, right? So if we go through the list of point guards really for the last 40 years in the NBA, if you want to break it down to that, you have guys that are ahead of him. You have Magic Johnson. I believe Isaiah Thomas is ahead of him. Some people may disagree with me. I think Isaiah is way underrated. And then you have... Um, Steph Curry ahead of him, for sure. Those three guys are point guards ahead of him. Everybody else, you could say Chris Paul's right there or he's better than. I think he's better than Gary Payton. I think he's just as good, if not better, than John Stockton. I think him and John Stockton are 1A, 1B. So if the championship did anything for him, it would put him higher than John Stockton on the list. And if you want to put John Stockton over him, I'm fine. But him jumping John Stockton on the list doesn't really change his legacy much. He is a point guard. He's one of the best point guards ever in the game. And I just don't see a championship changing too much. You say he, you don't want to see him on a list with Charles Barkley or, uh, I guess, John Stockton, Stockton or Patrick Ewing, and that's fine. But 
him winning the championship may get him off that list, but does it catapult him over, you know, a Magic or a Steph or an Isaiah? The answer is no. So I don't think it changes his legacy. All Do you much. think that Chris Powell is overrated or underrated, Chris? I think he's right where he needs to be. You are and every, when he every retires, time. When you look at his numbers, uh, I think he may be a no, but it's the thing. When you retire, look at his numbers. He may be a little underrated because the reason why we appreciate him now is because we watch him. We understand the way that he can take over a game, right? We watch him. I think the same thing. We just talked about James Harden. I was ranting on him. He's going to get crushed and killed and for basketball reasons, deservedly so. But by the time his career is over and people look at his numbers, they're going to say, oh, my God, this guy was an animal. But for all of us that watch him, like, yeah, he was an animal, but. He was a caged animal during the playoffs that time. So it's just one of those things where I think over time, Chris Paul, um, for if you didn't watch him play, you may not quite understand how good he was. And I don't know him winning a championship does so too much for his legacy, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think he's a tad bit underrated. And I think that a title would put everything in per, into perspective as far as what he was able to do for every single basketball team that he's ever played for. Um, I do think that people take championships into account too greatly at times, but that's the way it is, right? When we see Shaq and Charles Barkley go at it, Shaq is always talking about, where's the the rings, big fella? You you don't got these rings. You don't got these rings. But that's what it's all about. So I do think that (laughs) in the long run, if Chris Paul were able to lead this Phoenix Suns team to a title, it would just do more for his resume. The numbers don't tell you everything you need to know about what Chris Paul did. But then when you put that title on top of it, you look at that and be like, oh, wow, he was actually able to lead a team to a championship. Point guards you just named, Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, Isaiah Thomas, they have titles. They have championships. I think that with a title, he's not going to be in those in that category. You're absolutely right, Chris. He's not going to be in that category of, of those players. But it would catapult him above a John Stockton to me because him and John Stockton are in that same category. And I understand what you're saying. A tile is not going to do too much for him, but at least it would be on his resume. And I think that this is a lot as far as the legacy is concerned of for Chris Paul. All right. Oh, let me, Go ahead. let me ask you this question. Cause both of you are kind of making similar arguments. Um, oh, already answered it. Um, would a title change your opinion on where Chris Paul would be as compared to a Magic Johnson, a Seth Curry, or an Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, uh, well, the thing about Steph is right now I have Chris Paul over Steph. And for the reason that you pointed out, that oh, wow. the reason that you pointed out wow. was because the way the game is played now. Steph is not a true point guard. Chris Paul is. Steph, Steph is a... Okay, so let me be clear. Before you before you keep go, going, go I just want to be clear. You're just saying Chris is a better point guard. You're well, not that's saying that's Chris that's the discussion. That, but that's the time. discussion we're having. We're having a discussion about all time greatest point guards. Okay, correct? that's fair. Okay, so, perfect, perfect. So, so if Steph's got the rings, that's all he's really got over Chris Paul from a point guard perspective. I look at like an Oscar Robinson and stuff like that. I think I think Chris is in that level. I think a ring helps him. St- kind of stay there as history goes but let me ask you guys something because this is you know you talk about watching Chris Paul play and and kind of understanding where he is do do we as fans get stuck in the old Chris Paul moments like a lot of the numbers that he put up when he was leading the league in steals and he could 
you know, he could pass the ball from any angle and find anybody open and create any shots. He, he was shooting at much higher percentages. Are we getting trapped in the nostalgia of Chris Paul while we're watching him kind of just kind of hold it together and become more? He's more of the brain right now than the physical body, right? So are we getting kind of trapped in in like what Chris Paul did before the Chris Paul we're seeing now? I, I don't think so because – I don't think so because what he's been doing in the fourth quarter, both the series versus the Pelicans and the Mavericks, where he's average, where he's scoring, and some of the point fourth quarters close to 19, 20 points, right? That just shows me that he's a guy that understands that I'm thirty seven years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not a young guy. I can't do it for four quarters, but when you when I need to turn it on, I can absolutely turn it on. So I, I don't think we're getting stuck in that at all. I, I will say that um, Chris Paul does have playoff stinkers, just like James Harden, right? And it's just all about rhetoric. Chris Paul's not seen as a guy that you know does that, but Chris Paul has some ugly ugly stinkers in his career which is why as far as point guards are concerned i don't think i hear what you're saying with the steph argument and i i think that steph makes things happen maybe without getting assists but just by his movement i was with you years ago i was with you with steph but with his movement what steph does is amazing um he's just he's just a different type of floor general but with chris paul i just with with everything that i've seen in his career i'm of the opinion that in in my opinion his cement is dry and both of you are saying his cement is still wet. For me, it's dry. Uh, if he wins, maybe in my cement, maybe I put a little star there, and like a little, but like a little one. It ain't a big star. It's like a real little one that you really can't even notice because I think he's been so great in his career that I just, even with the title, some people may still argue that John Stockton is over him because the way he may win this title. So I just, I think his cement's dry. Now, I, I can't disagree too much with that. But as far as what you're saying with Steph Curry, I kind of more so agree with Chris. Steph Curry has revolutionized the game, the way he plays, the way he's playing. He's still a point guard. He's just doing it in a different fashion. I think we talked about on Beat the Clock podcast with you, Anthony, about how certain players play in certain systems and how it helps evolve their game. Uh, Steph Curry being in sure. this system has really evolved his game and helped him mature as a basketball player to, to great degrees. And what he's able to do is the same thing that Chris Paul's able to do. It's just done in a different fashion for him to run over that court and get these three pointers off. And people are really afraid of him th- shooting the three. It really does help everybody else on the basketball court and it gives them um, sh- easier shots and things of that nature. So, that's why I have Steph Curry above Chris Paul as far as point guards, but they just did it in different fashions. I do like the fact that you did mention that Chris Paul is is an old school kind of a point guard, and it really just depends on you as a coach or a player. Who do you prefer? That style that Chris Paul has or the style that Steph Curry has as far as your, your point guard is concerned? Yeah, that, that's that's great points. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. And I, I'll side with uh, Chris on this. I think – what sets uh, Chris Paul over Steph Curry, just as a final argument to that point, is that Chris Paul has been more clutch in big games than Steph Curry. Steph Curry has been carried by the team that he's built or been built with or built on. You put him on any other team, I don't think he has uh, two two rings uh, that, that he may have gotten. Um, he may have one, but uh, I, I just think Chris Paul is is better in the clutch uh, Steph Curry is definitely a system type point guard, great athlete, great shooter of the basketball. But that's my that's my final 
kind of piece of the puzzle for me why I have Chris Paul over Steph Curry as far as the point guard conversation. But I, I do I see it both ways. But I guess I, I guess I yeah. just kind of see in the game from the old school. Uh, me and Chris were talking about pagers earlier, and and if Chris Paul is a pager, <laughs> that pager is still doing its job. Man, this this is definitely a topic we can continue <laughs> to talk about for hours and hours. But we yeah. do have to move on because yep. I think that's something we have to have you back on the show to talk about as far as you know the style of point guard and Chris Paul and that style that Steph Curry brings to the table. But let's move on. Let's continue asking some questions. Uh, during these playoffs. The next one I want to ask is going to go back to that Heat and 76ers um, series, but I'm going to talk more about Jimmy Butler. And it's just a fill-in-the-blank question. And I'll let you start this one off, Ant. Jimmy Butler is... Uh, Jimmy Butler is an absolute stud. Okay, I was shouting that to all the ra- or through all the radio waves he is an absolute stud averaging 21 points on 48% shooting 87% from the free throw line had 107 uh kind of middle of the pack defensive rating but just the tenacity that he has we talked a little bit about it on my show but that 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 attitude that he carries that grit that he that he kind of gives that Miami Heat's team uh ranked 5th in player efficiency at 23.6 and all those things make him an absolute stud. Yeah. Um, if I were to answer that question, Jimmy Butler, I'd say, I, I love that you use the word stud. I'd say he is a heat player. And I know he's like, well, of course he's a heat <laughs> player, but he, he is everything that Miami Heat would want in a player. Tough, grit, all of that. He falls short, in my opinion. I do not believe he's a superstar. In fact, I think he's a fringe all-star. I, mean, I might really think oh, I'm crazy. That's facts. Uh, but that, to me, is a testament to how good he is, right? It's his grind. Um, I remember the Rockets, at one point, wanted to trade him. See, this the Rockets would have championships. They had Chris Paul. They had James Harden. Uh, Darryl Moore called the Timberwolves and said, I'll give you four first-round picks and Eric Gordon for Jimmy Butler. And they said no. And for whatever reason, they took less from the Sixers. I'll never get that. But um, Jimmy Butler is a really good player. I just I don't think he is a superstar, right? If he was, uh, he would be, in my opinion, favorites to win the title. I just He just doesn't have that. It's weird because it's weird to say he doesn't have it because he does have it. But he's, for me, in my opinion, he is an average player who dragged himself to an all-star. And I think that's a testament to who he is. Man, man, if he ever developed a three-point shot. You said, did he? I said, if he, can you imagine if he ever did develop a three-point shot? I think it's one of the few parts of his game that keep him away from that superstar status that Chris mentioned is he's not a complete player. You know, he makes up a lot of, with his hustle and that grit. But could you imagine if he developed a three-point shot, what kind of Jimmy Butler that would be? Yeah, I think if he did develop a three-point shot, that would go to part of the equation of getting him into that uh, superstar level. But there's something that that Chris uh, mentioned earlier that I kind of want to um, piggyback on as far as uh, Jimmy Butler and that trade that was supposed to go down between uh the Timberwolves and the Houston Rockets. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jimmy Butler that said, I don't want to play with James Harden. Like we already just talked about what James Harden brought to the table, the 76ers. We already saw the, 
the kind of clash he had with that Timberwolves team and um, Carl Anthony Towns. So he probably already saw the situation for what it was, and he was not going to play with James Harden. He did not see that James Harden had the same mama mentality that he had. And it is funny that you guys, you guys pretty much summed it up perfectly. He does have that it factor. He has all the intangibles. He comes onto the basketball court and gives 110% every single night. If you're not giving up as much energy as he's giving uh, you on the court, he's going to come at you. He's going to let you know that you're not doing that. I I love the way Jimmy Butler plays. And I think it's just what necessarily sets him apart from being a superstar. It's almost like he's, I want to say he's Patrick Beverly-esque, you know, but he has more physical tools than Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is going to come onto the court and give it his all 110%. And I know you might think of that as being a diss to Jimmy Butler, but that's, I'm just talking about that mindset. He's going to come onto the court and give it his all. He, Jimmy Butler plays as if he is a seventh rounder. Like he has something to prove on the court every single night. If he had the uh, yeah, like physical ability of a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant or LeBron James, we will be talking about one of the greatest players to ever play the game right now because of that mentality that he has. And, and it's, it's funny the way that, that Chris mentioned it. He he plays with a, a a kind of style and he has that it factor and he kind of he kind of grinds himself to the level that he's at right now. Right now, if you look at his gauge, his gauge is all the way to, to the red. He's playing all the way to the red right now. Like he has nothing else left to spare. And that's why I look at when look at Jimmy Butler. It's going to be pretty interesting to see what he can do with this Miami Heat team. Everybody keeps on calling them out saying they can't win a championship. They can't win a championship. They can't win a championship. But man, they're past Philadelphia right now. Depending on what happens with Boston, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks going to that next round. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think they can either. But I don't think Jimmy Butler will have it any other way. Keep on doubting him. Keep on doubting that Miami Heat team. And they might just be like that Boston, not Boston, that Detroit Piston team back in the day that didn't really have any superstars. They just knew how to play really, really well together. And they might surprise us all. Next topic of discussion for, for you, um, Ant. Jason Tatum will eventually lead a team to an NBA championship. Right now, they are down three games to two to the Milwaukee Bucks. They gave away a game uh, in that game five. They should have won that game. They they really should have, and they gave it away. Jason Tatum has been playing pretty good. You know, I think that for any star, especially these young stars, they have to make a name for themselves in these playoffs, in this push in the playoffs. I think Jason Tatum is definitely one of those players that's trying to make a name for himself in the playoffs. And I do think that eventually he could lead a team to NBA championship. Do I think that if, if I if you ask if you ask me that question right now, do I think Jason Tatum will eventually lead a team to a championship? I'll, I'll go in and say yes. I think he has all the tools to do that. I don't know if he is or not, but I do think he has all the tools to definitely eventually one day lead and team to the NBA championship. What are what are your thoughts or, or takes on that question, Ant? Oh, this one pains me a lot because two reasons. The Lakers passed up drafting him for Lonzo Ball, and 
the Boston Celtics got him. And this pains me because if if he wins a title, it's more than likely going to be with these Boston Celtics. And I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. But I think we're we may see it. Like if they get by the Bucks, I don't think Miami has enough to stop them. Uh, you know, I, I think Miami, well, I take that back. In a perfect scenario, because Boston is getting really banged up in this series with the Bucks, and that might be their downfall whether they advance or not. But we may see Jason Tatum lead a, a team to a championship this very year as we're having this conversation. And it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating for me. But Set all that aside, all that bias aside, Jason Tatum, I think, is leaving his mark on these playoffs. He's playing against the defending champs with arguably one of the top two players in the league right now in Giannis. Uh, Perennial uh, defensive player of the year um, candidate. You know, Giannis is is that dude. I mean, there's no getting out from that. And Tatum is still finding a way to affect the game in a positive way for his team. It may not always be scoring. He's passing the ball. He's playing defense. He's grabbing boards. He's doing all the things that he needs to do to affect the game for his team. And then he, and then when he adds a scoring on top of that, it's just next level. There is no doubt in my mind that if it's not this year, Jason Tatum will lead a team and probably a Celtics team to an NBA championship. Yeah, I I do eventually think that Jason Tatum can lead a team to a championship, but I think that this year is going to give me more of my answer, right? Because I do think throughout the the history of the NBA, there have been players that have been in the category of, you know, elite superstar and then just the superstars. The elite superstars are the Kobe's, the LeBron's, the Jordan's. And these elite superstars have time and time again stopped superstars from getting championships. And superstars like Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, um, Patrick Ewing, these superstars have been stopped time and time again. Uh, you know, Sean Kemp, uh, Gary Payton, if there were not the LeBrons, the Kobe's, and the Jordans, they would have championships. And right now during this time, we're looking at Jans Antetokounmpo as kind of being that guy, right? And we're going to get to a question with him as well. But is he going to be that Jordan or LeBron that's going to stop folks like Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum from actually getting these championships? Because I think that's where we're at right now. And I think that this year is going to tell me a lot about where that's going to go as far as is Jason Tatum eventually going to lead a team to a championship? Because if Giannis can get to that next level and be that guy that I think he can be, then it might be difficult for him to actually get a title or lead a team to a championship. What you're saying, just so just so that we're clear, what you're saying is because Giannis, you're expecting Giannis to dominate the East. Right. And that's what's going to make it hard for Tatum to get there. Exactly. A la an Elijah Wan, a Barkley, a Clyde Drexler, a Patrick Ewing, all those years that they were stopped by Jordan uh, or, well, I guess I guess I kind of went the wrong way there. But, 
you know, there, there was always there was always a, yeah the the Jordan factor was both East and West. But I see what you're saying. Okay, and I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, th- that's an interesting take on that. I I I can I can appreciate that perspective because it could go the other way too. What if Tatum becomes that guy? Right, because Tatum. If t- so, just think about it. And I think we talked a little bit on 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 beat the clock about Tatum. If he gets to the finals this year, he would have knocked out Durant, knocked out a defending champion Giannis, knocked out a Jimmy Butler, and then say he wins a championship against a Warriors or a Suns team. Where does that? I mean, if that happens, so I know it's a lot of ifs, but let's just play the devil's advocate here. Does that, in your mind, solidify him if he wins? If he wins a title this year? going through that road yeah so if if jason tatum were to somehow find himself going all the way through these playoffs and win the championship then that would potentially mean that he got through kevin durant Giannis antonacumpo jimmy butler and let's just say steph curry in the finals that would be a phenomenal run it will be reminiscent of what hakeem olajuwon was able to do with that houston rocket team they were able to get past carl malone Absolutely. and john stockton they got past Charles Barkley and the Phoenix Suns. Then they went on to beat uh, David Robinson in a San Antonio Spurs team where he made David Robinson look absolutely foolish. And then they completed it going up against Penny and Shaq. So it'll be reminiscent of that. And if Jason Tanner were able to do that, yes, it will be a great run. But I still think he's going to be able to find a way to win a championship somehow, some way. And it brings me to my next question, right? As far as Giannis Antetokounmpo is concerned. And I kind of did dive into this a little bit beforehand. But, Ant, what do you think about this? Five years from now, Giannis Antetokounmpo will be in the GOAT discussion. Okay, five years from now. I would... So there's so many factors to that, right? Does Does he win three more rings in those five years? Like, does he stay with Milwaukee? and and keep them atop the east does he win another mvp which is something that they always knock kobe for if all those things can happen which i think they can i think i'm with you in in the camp of antetokounmpo is probably going to become if not the one of the most dominant forces in the eastern conference over the next five eight years so i don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in that conversation in five years. The other factor is, are there going to be enough people that are willing to let go of this LeBron and Michael Jordan argument, right? And we had this discussion a little bit before, and that's why I don't like to do the greatest of all time thing too much. I'd rather break it down by position because there's so many arguments to be made, but there's so many people that just only want to focus on Michael and LeBron. And, the risk of that is that people are going to forget all the great things that Giannis might might have accomplished in five years. So, I think he should be. I think he, I I think if he's on this trajectory, he can be somebody who's considered greatest of all time. I would bet though that there's going to be a lot of people who are afraid to let go of the Michael Jordan and LeBron conversation, and they're going to ignore what Antetokounmpo ends up doing in his career. Man, right now, from from what I see and where I think things are going, it's going to be hard to ignore what Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be doing. <laughs> no kidding. Right. So I do think that 
he has developed his game nicely. I do think that he is physically um, imposing. He is one of the most dominant players I've ever seen since Shaq, right? And not only is he as dominant as Shaq, but he's in great shape. You know, Shaq was very dominant, but he could not stay in shape throughout the course of his career. And I think that was part of his downfall. If Giannis is able to continue to stay in shape and they are able to continue to bring pieces around him that make him a great player and make that team great teams, then I don't see any reason why in the next five years we won't be having this debate of whether or not Giannis is in the same category as LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Now, what needs to happen, I do think, is that within the next five years, he would need to win at least two more championships, right, in order for that to be a real discussion. And I think what will help his discussion, let's just say for some reason they go on a run this year, Giannis wins a championship this year. Then the next year following that, he wins another one. That means he would have had a three-peat. That's something that LeBron James was never able to do. And that's something that Michael Jordan was able to do twice. So when they look at that and say, oh, he's won three championships in a row, that to me is already going to put him in that discussion of being possibly the GOAT or going to be on his way to being the GOAT. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to necessarily win three championships in a row, but I did predict that the Bucs would win a title this year and that it would be on the shoulders of Giannis Antetokounmpo. So if he were able to win this year and have this back-to-back titles, I think that people would have that discussion next year as to if he wins that third straight, is he in that discussion of being the greatest of all time? Those are great points. And I also have the Bucks winning it this year, especially since Memphis seems like they're going to be knocked out. Uh, <laughs> but you forgot somebody who put a three-peat together who's often kept out of that best of, my Kobe. Greatest of all time conversation. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to base it on three-peats, the only argument you have for Michael is, well, he did it twice. Mm. LeBron hasn't done it, and Kobe has. Well, the thing thing about Kobe is this. So if if Anacopo gets there, then you you got a race of three. Yeah. Well, If you're just going based on three-peats. Well, the thing with Kobe is this. Kobe did it with Shaq, right? He did a three-peat with Shaq. That's the that's the argument there. Giannis would have done it, and he he was the the only superstar. Jordan did it. Well, he would have that. Yeah, yeah he, would he would have. have he that. would have it if he did it. Um, and then Jordan would have done it too, and he was really the only superstar. So as far as Kobe is concerned, yeah. out of all those people that we he just had mentioned, Pippen. he had the best, you know, teammate in Shaq. And Shaq was the the as we talk about. The, the drivers of the bus. He was a driver of the bus in those first two seasons. Okay. So I think what people fail to realize, and I don't want to turn this into a Kobe. Nah, you you, you want you want to turn it into like a Kobe thing. You did ever since the, the start of the no, show and I you think, mentioned Kobe. Think, That's what listen, you wanted to do. Listen, I think I think <laughs> look, so so listen, I think people want to ignore the fact that when Kobe played with Shaq, they they averaged almost the same numbers. It wasn't like Kobe was riding Shaq's coattails. The argument would stand more firm if people could say, yeah, Kobe was on that Shaq team and Kobe was averaging 12 points a game and Shaq was dominating with 30. But I believe they both were averaging for those three years in each of those playoffs. They're averaging around 30 together. So I think that it was a perfect 
storm or the perfect situation where when one was down, the other one was up and it worked through the whole playoffs. People fail to realize that. So the, that, it, that takes a little bit away from the, well, Kobe had Shaq argument in my mind. Which, which is fair. So if you go by what you're saying... Yeah, and if you go by what you're saying, then then the only three that have the three-peat, if Giannis does it, would be Kobe, Shaq, and Mike. And Mike would have the advantage because he did it twice. Right. Mike with Pippen. Yeah. But but let, right? let's, put, let's put it this so, way. Let's put it this way. If this, for some reason that Giannis does get the three-peat, it would be Giannis, Kobe, and Mike. You would rank Mike's number one because he did it twice. Which one would you rank at number two? If you went solely on three peat. Right. Well, number two, again, I'm you're gonna accuse me of being biased right. here. Because I think you are I think that was a loaded question. I think yeah, it's loaded I think with you a asked yeah. me knowing that I'm gonna say Yeah, you, you you asked me knowing I was gonna say Kobe being Bryant, the black mamba. Right. But here's why. Because Giannis would have a three peat with only three rings. The Mamba has five. That's true, right? And 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 when his teams were low, he he still led them to the playoffs most of the time. I think they missed one year when they were in the rebuild, and most times got out of the first round. I think they lost to the Suns in one of the first round. Uh, I think the the, the the Dwight Howard Achilles year they lost in the first round. The Achilles and that, that shouldn't go on Kobe because he didn't play half the year. So. I think that that puts him at number two, and then and then also, you know, Giannis Giannis plays in a different league. He's physically dominant in a league where the, the, the in a league where they you really can't touch the offensive player. And Kobe, when he came into the league, still had they still had like the the Jordan league was still kind of there where they were hand checking offensive players and you're allowed to rough up the guy a little bit more. So th- those are some of the differences that I see, but it would be really close. I think I think really all in all just Kobe having 5 if you just went off the rings and the three-peats, I think Kobe having 5 would be the only thing that kept him over Giannis if that was the argument. Right. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't even know what Giannis is going to do in a couple of years, but no, we do think that if you can name anybody that's going to be that caliber player, it would be Giannis. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see everything we talked about. It's going to be pretty interesting to see where it goes to in the next five years for sure. Because we talked about a lot of it's things. It's on record now. Yeah. We talked about a lot of things. So yeah, it's going to be re- really, really interesting. Okay. So. Oh, you know who I don't have? You know you know who I don't have having that kind of career? Who's that? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. We can we can talk a lot about Ben, ben Simmons too. We can do a whole. What? what I think that's a whole yes, episode. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm. That's one. who I don't. That, that's who I don't have. Right. Having that kind. No, of No, no, no. I, I look, man. <laughs> there are a lot of players, and I'll put Ben Simmons in that category, where it's going to be very interesting to see what they can do next year. After the dust is settled and all the teams have an off season, I am very interested to see what he can do with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And me and Chris have discussed that to to length. But that's that's another day for another podcast. And it has been absolutely incredible doing this episode. Oh with man, you. it's been a blast! I I, I really want to have you on on many other podcasts. I think that this is something that we can really do from from here on out. So yeah, man, 
yeah, I'm down. You're welcome on my show anytime. I'm I'm more than happy to be on on this show with Chris and if Low, you know, if, if Low can jump on. Uh I had an absolute blast. I can't thank you enough for having me. It's been a lot of fun and and uh again, I think I think I still got you in this Boston series. I'm not going to let the people forget. We'll this. see. We'll see. Okay. Like I said, we- I, I had Boston in set I had Boston in 7. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think I got you here. I think it's still there. Yeah, this, this is a pivotal game. Game six is going to be pivotal. So we're going to see what's going to happen there. I still got my bucks um, in that series. Um, by the way, I love your shirt, the Death Row shirt. I, I I rock with that all day long. Love the shirt, man. But um, thanks, brother. Once again, Anthony um, Ant Man Felly, right? That's there correct. we go. I got it right this time, right? Uh, Beat the Clock podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please check that out. He has some um, absolutely amazing content. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, all basketball, all the time. I highly recommend that you go check him out. Um, this has been the New Channel Sports Podcast. You were on with O.N.E., the one and only my co-host, Chris, the phenomenal one. He had to dip out in the middle of the podcast, but he still got everything he needed to say in. We had our special guest here, Aunt Anthony Felly, on as well from the Beat the Clock podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, please subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also subscribe on our website, newchannelsports.net, new channel spelled N-U channelsports.net. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. Give us a follow on YouTube as well. You can also check out our wonderful faces on Afro Vibes Television. Download the Roku app so you can see us there. We're just trying to grind and do our thing. Um, So until next time, um, hope you had a wonderful experience listening to the show. But we are out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the new channel sports podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.